Hey there, my friend. It's Trisha Carr. Real quick before we head into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know about Modern Mystic Life, a subscription service for spiritual mentoring and education. The monthly subscription is only $11.11 per month. We have regular support and inspiration delivered with the utmost ease right into your text messenger two to four times per week. You can use your mobile device or your desktop messenger to access the lessons and meditations, a monthly MP3 download of a produced meditation, at least once per month live meditation led by me. There is no account login, and we have a monthly live class workshop. These are usually $35 for non-subscribers, so it is quite a deal. And the community is amazing. This is a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and also a way for us to be able to work more closely together. So do check out how you can subscribe in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe, and I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. Oh, what an exciting and uplifting episode we have for you today. Welcome. I figured that this might be a good time in this episode to introduce myself. People do this from time to time, either on their podcasts or on their social media outlets and all that kind of stuff. And so, hello, everyone. I am Trisha Carr, as I already said, but I thought I'd just give you, if you are new here, a little insight about what I do. I would say who I am, but you know what? I am that I am, <laughs> just like you. Well, a little bit about what I do. Uh, I am, I would say overall, I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm a channel. I am an empath who is working through life as an empathic channel. I'm a human design reflector. That really is uh, the perspective that makes the most sense. I'm completely open as a, as a quantum device of mutation and resonance and um, figuring out how to, how to live that way. <laughs> all the time, as are you. So those are some of the things, I guess those are some of the ways to describe my being, my energy, and also what I do. So I do create group programs. That is one of the ways that I serve at the at my optimal uh, way, in my optimal way is in my energy, because I create resonant containers where I teach and I use hypnosis and meditation, energy healing, channeling, all different types of teaching and energy attuning methods so that people can become their own healers, so that people can cultivate an, the, the resonant relationship with their own soul, which it's not, I mean, I guess you'd say with a relationship with your soul. But it's really, I guess, a relationship with the universe and to be moving forward powerfully in their life and in their spiritual purpose. And this works for me with the group containers because there's such an efficiency to it because I do create that, like I say, resonant container that is composed of everyone's highest good. So we're all really benefiting by one another's spiritual gifts and blueprints in their highest potential. And then also when we are in that container together, 
the growth that one person is having is experienced through that resonance by another person. And not only just like times two, that growth, but it's exponential because we are doing this upon the frequencies of love and um, universal connection. And so it happens exponentially. And so that's that's the group, for example, I'm currently, I have three programs coming up, one at the end of 2022, and then two in 2023. In early 23, multidimensional mediumship, and then in the summer of 23, animal communication, just to give you guys an idea of what's going on. And then, of course, I have an ongoing subscription platform called Modern Mystic. And yes, I, st I also have one-on-ones. The one-on-one is, is, is a smaller set because I'm really busy with a lot of other things. And uh, but I, I love that one on one practice because it is so important to keep for me that is so important to keep that going as well. And so uh, the one on ones is, uh, you know, coaching, mentoring. I prefer to work in a therapeutic relationship a little longer term, but I do also do these one off at least at the time I'm recording this, sessions of Catalyst, um, my empathic channeling, and there's usually some hypno-healing in there, channeling from your highest potential, your soul blueprint, but immersing you in that resonance of your own soul's um, light in order to experience shifts and catalyst. So there's a little bit about who I am, what I do, and, um, and among all of that, yes, I am an animal telepath and nature spirit communicator. I'm a fey whisperer. And the reason I mention that now is because if you have not listened to this podcast or haven't been with me for very long, you're going to be really excited to hear that my guest has much of that in common. It's so awesome. I just love these conscious conversations, these resonant conversations. And so I'll go ahead and lead us into this episode with my guest, Andrea Donnelly. Andrea is a sought-after media personality, spiritual mentor, quantum sound and energy healer, and founder of We Are Here to Remember, LLC. With over 20 years of experience in all things energy, Andrea uses light language, speed codes, and the Akashic Records to clear intergenerational trauma, illness, and pain so that her clients can align with their highest timeline and new levels of clarity, success, and abundance. When Andrea is not doing media interviews or serving her clients, you can find her mothering her two cat children, many plants, neighborhood birds and squirrels, working on her tap dance heavy spiritual comedy routine, and dreaming up a better world for all of us. This is a super fun episode, deeply activating, just by being in the presence of the resonance that Andrea and I are sharing because we do have so much sort of in common, I guess. And we have so much in common with you as well, because I know you want to live your highest timeline. And I know you want to also have a better world for all of us. And that's what we, we hold the space of it through the whole time. But I want to let you know also, you definitely want to make sure that you go all the way to the end, not just because of the conversation and all of the things that we experience together, but Andrea gives us a light language healing at the end. You might even want to save that for when you're not driving, if you are one who listens to podcasts when you're driving, or listen to it a second time when you're not driving. So without any further delay, I'm super excited to share this conversation with you with Andrea Donnelly, and I will chat with you on the other side.
Hi, Andrea. So excited to have you on. Oh my goodness. I am just dying to hear all about your story and all about the beautiful work that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? Oh, I am doing so well. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know, I, I often say that we're just going to spend, you know, about an hour or so, whatever, together just to become best friends. And <laughs> I mean it. And I'm really excited to kindle that connection, not just between you and me, but mostly between you and everyone who's listening. So would you do us the honor of sharing your journey, the work you're doing, anything that you would like to start with. We'd love to hear all about it. Yes, it would be my honor. Um, so I am a quantum sound and energy healer and an intuitive coach. And I have, my journey has been remarkable and wild and has made very little sense to the outside world. Um, <laughs> when I started this process a couple of years ago of actually starting my business, I was disabled at the time by chronic nerve pain. I had the unusual experience of having been born, I think, like you in a lot of ways where I was born remembering. I was a clear channel from the time I was a little kid. I communicated with animals. I channeled light language. I always talked to my guides from the time that I was a baby. And they are a really vibrant, incredible group of interdimensional just powerhouses. I channel the light of the ascended masters and the angels and the fairies. And my guides always just say, like, I basically just channel everything good. Yeah, me <laughs> All too. The good, the good vibes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, wait. I don't want to interrupt, but do you know your human design? Are you I into do. I am a projector. You're a projector. I got to know, and you may not know this off the top of your head, if you have gate 19. Um, oh, I don't know. I, we're going to have to look afterward. Okay. The reason I say that is because I do, and it's it indicates synesthesia, but it's not just synesthesia with your physical senses where the senses kind of like interrelate, but it's also synesthesia in the spiritual realms, and it indicates you know, having basically signals connected with all of the realms. And oh. so we got to check. <laughs> but we yeah. all have, even if you don't have gate 19, this is not just for Andrea, it's everyone. Even if you don't have gate 19, um, you know, defined in your in your human design, we all have access to the potential of the whole chart. But anyway, I just, I'm curious. We'll find out afterward. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, please. Fairies and animals and, oh, and interdimensionals. I'm on the oh. ride with you now. <laughs> All the good. And I, um, and so I, I had this on the one hand, my life was always really attuned to the frequency of magic. And my mm -hmm. life was also like many very spiritually gifted people complicated. It was very complicated. I have survived a crazy amount of just trauma and chaos. My dad passed away when I was a baby, my family is very complicated. And I have been in four car accidents. I was disabled, as I mentioned, by chronic nerve pain when I started this journey. And my guides had always told me that I was going to start a business. People would read for me, Trisha, and it was so, it, it was honestly kind of, it was funny in a lot of ways because I was always on this spiritual journey. I love this stuff. But from the external perspective, for most of my life, it looked like a real hot dumpster fire. 
<laughs> and in the, you know, in the background, my guides were like, it's all going to make some sense someday. It's all going to come together. This is literally like an Olympic training ground for you to remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, so I knew, so that really gave me the capacity, I think, in a lot of ways to be able to navigate all of that adversity with a level of like clarity and grace. I'm not saying it was always easy or pretty or any of that, but I always was told like, I would have people read my chart or my astrology or what, you know, give me a tarot reading and they would start reading for me and they would be like, what on earth am I even experiencing right now? Like, girl, you look like a disaster train, but also I'm seeing that you're literally going to start like food network for the soul that you came here to be like Abraham Hicks. And I was like, that's what my guides have told me since I was a baby. Like it was one of those things. I woke up one day in 2020 and I could feel that the wind had changed. I was like, like I had been tapping into the energy of the planet for such a long time, waiting, 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 waiting for my guides to give me the go ahead to embark on this journey. And really like I had done trades for years with people for energy work, but you know, it's different to actually formally start a business as you know. Um, And so I woke up one day in March of 2020. I, I was like, Oh, everything is different. The frequency of the channel has, of, of the planet has um, has shifted. And I knew it was time for me to start. And when I started my business, I was still, I was on a litany of medication for chronic pain. I had had a back surgery in 2018. And I literally couldn't even hold. My nerve pain was so bad that I would be holding like a cup of water or something and it would just fall to the ground. I had struggled to even do like basic, simple stuff, like self-care, carrying a purse, all of that. And my guides were like, it's time for you to start. And I was like, okay, I believe you because you've never led me astray. But also I can barely, like I had been given a set of hand weights a couple of months prior by a former coworker and a friend of mine. And they were two pounds, I think each. And I was like, you guys, I can't even like lift these? How am I going to start a business? Like, what does this even mean? I had an active application pending at the time for long-term disability. And they were like, you have to keep moving through that because it's part of you acknowledging in a 3D perspective what's going on in your life, but you're not going to need it. And I was like, okay. And so I was like a before you know, in like some dramatic transformation journey where they were like, pick those weights up, those two pound hand weights. It doesn't matter if you can only do like literally one rep before they fall to the ground. It's about the com- the compound effect. It's mm-hmm. about you leaning in and really acknowledging what it is that you came here to do, which was show people what is possible. Like my life had to get that messy so that I would be able to essentially hold space for people. And people can come to me with anything and I can look them in the eye with absolute certainty, knowing that we are able to move through anything. Mm. Oh my gosh. So was the nerve pain from all of those accidents or? Yeah, it was, it was from all of those accidents and also from just like the weight of a bunch of like childhood stuff that I had lived through. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure you see it in your work, right? And I was lucky as a young person, my mom always was into like Louise Hay and all of those like sorts of like new age figures. So I always knew that there was a very big emotional component to any kind of illness. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I'm not 
shaming or blaming anyone who has any sort of chronic illness, but I knew that there was definitely an ancestral component to what was happening with me. So it was the car accidents and, you know, I had to really work on not feeling responsible for anyone. It was a, it was a real journey, but yeah, the car accidents were, were crazy. And what was really nutty too is they, I was in four of them over the course of uh, about a 15 year period. And two of them were in five weeks in 2016. And mm. when those two happened, I just was like, it was, it was a lot. Cause I had gone through these like long processes of recovering from the, from the two prior. And then in, again, in that five week window of time, I was in two more and it was, it was a lot to stomach. It was a lot to stomach, but my guides just were very clear with me that there were reasons that it happened and that I had to keep going and I had to keep my head up and just keep it moving. So mm. <laughs> here I am now, two years after having started my business and I have, I have seen my own life transform so remarkably. I've lost over 50 pounds. My nerve pain has, has healed and I get to do this work now with people around the world. And it is, it's an incredible honor. And, and I would not change a single moment of all of that hard stuff that I lived through, knowing that this is where I got to land. Mm, that's beautiful. And it is perspective. And we are, I mean, earth is a hard school, right? It's like the hardest of the hard schools, I think, right? What have you... <laughs> <laughs> you connect with interdimensionals and a lot and masters who are having the perspective that we don't currently have as we've forgotten are um, multidimensional. We can we can sort of claim it still, but we still are going to have the focus of this limited perspective from 3D. So I want to talk about how Earth is a super hard school, but I want <laughs> before I do just this, I was listening to this um, a couple of different um, podcast that featured this woman features this woman named Penny Whitbork Whitboard. Um, it's like W I T T B O R D T. I think Whitboard maybe is how you pronounce her last. But she had a near death and ex near death experience, uh, and she spent time with God. She ha kept having these anaphylaxis uh, events that made her have to go into a like eighteen in two years, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. But two of those comas, she was chilling with God. <laughs> and she was talking, she was like angry at God at one point and telling him like, no, these horrible things happened to me and my children and you didn't. And God just took it and God listened and God said, no, you don't understand. You've misunderstood and showed her the whole journey of like one event of her son saying, oh, I'm going to be to my child. I'm going to be the father that I deserved, you know, like, cause her, his father had left them, but she described it as being in like there's a, a devastating car accident by the way <laughs> i'm just realizing that's the subject that you're talking about car accident the people who are really proximate to the car accident are going oh my goodness these poor people oh i just pray for them i hope they're okay you know having that perspective that's close up but the people who are a half a mile away a mile away stopped in traffic are like what the f is going on you know and and so that's the the difference of perspective and we have to we have to get all the way down the road and and so that's we're kind of in the the mile back in the earth school it's really really hard what have you learned about that what can you I wanted to share that little story if, if y'all don't mind but um what have you learned about 
that, the, how hard this earth school is. Obviously, your life is demonstrating that, but what have your guides talked to you about? I really think, and my guides have told me this. So when I was, when I, and I, I've gone back and I've like looked this up multiple times because sometimes I'm like, am I making that up? Is that real? But That's when journaling <laughs> is important, right? <laughs> when I was about five years old, I was watching this um, Sesame, Sesame Street special called Don't Eat the Pictures. They get trapped <laughs> in the Met. And this, the soul of an Egyptian, it's so metaphysical (laughs) and they, the big bird essentially gets shown and the Muppets get shown that the way that we move forward is by keeping our heart as light as a feather. And it's really beautiful. It's they, they meet this, um, the spirit of an Egyptian boy who's been trapped on earth for 4,000 years. His parents have gone home to the stars. I, that's why, right. Like listening to this, like, like, what, what is that? That, This is why I've had to look it up multiple times to confirm that I'm not making this up. And when I was watching it, my guides were like, that's what you came here to do. No matter what happens in your life, you, we're not saying it's going to be easy or dignified, but the point of what you came here to do is to remember who you are and to keep your heart as light as a feather. And I feel like that's really, this, this, this planet is more challenging, I think, than anywhere. It's also one of the most beautiful places that exists. And so it's such, it's such a wild polarity, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I know you communicate with animals and you are also like a very clear channel and you have this way of relating to the world. And I think for those of us who were born remembering who were supposed to help catalyze these really big awakenings for people, that we often, those of us who have remarkable spiritual gifts, often also have a lot of really insane adversity that we need to be able to live through because it's about being able to hold that balance and be able to really move through this planet and remember that every single thing that happens happens within for us and that there is there is no such thing as a mistake, right? That like it doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter how crummy, how hard how awful it is there is there's a there's a pitfall right which i think is part of the complexity is that we can fall into like a real like victim mode because of the adversity on this planet and i i don't mean to minimize like trauma is traumatic i know that and i am very i have a lot of patience and a just a, a real enormous love for this planet but i think it really is about being able to just say to yourself the things that are happening in my life no matter what i'm getting hit with especially perhaps if I'm getting hit with a lot, that likely means that I came here to do something that was of like a great magnitude. And, and that it takes a lot to like lean into that, I think, to be able to really like acknowledge that if there's a lot that you're getting sort of clobbered with, that there are reasons for it. And it's really opportunities for you to rise to the occasion and to say, okay, what can I do? How can I use magic? How can I use love? How can I like channel this vibration? Because again, so many people who are really powerful psychics and have these enormous spiritual gifts have completely insane stories, right? Mm-hmm. You, I know you see it in your work. I'm, I am familiar with um, some of your journey. I was mentioning this to you before we started, mm-hmm. but I heard you on a podcast a couple years ago. And I remember this was like during my real 
this was, I think it was in 2019. And uh, I, at that point, I knew it was coming. I knew that I was going to start this business. I knew it was going to have a remarkable effect on the world. And I was having a rough time. And so I needed every little bit of just beauty and hope and love. I was I was driving um, over an hour in each direction to go to a chiropractor at the time. And so I had started listening to podcasts to help sort of pass the time. And my guides were like, this is going to be awesome for you because you're going to hear a lot of really big inspirations and you're going to remember in a big way what it is that you're meant to be doing for other people. And so I just, I used the time essentially as a, a learning school for myself as part of this process of like recovering from a physical perspective. And um, again, I, I really, I feel like everything really does happen within for us. And if you can get to that point where you can be like, everything, even the hardest stuff that's ever been thrown my way, there really are gold and silver threads that run through everything. And I know that some people don't agree with that perspective, but I really, really, really believe as someone who can see people's original soul blueprint, what they were born to do. And then I can see the blocks that make it, you know, the things, the traumas that they've experienced in this and other lifetimes that that I can see that weight. And then I can use these gifts that I have to be able to just clear that from people's field and the impact when people start to do this work, which I know you are so familiar with. It is so wild to see how quickly energetic and like frequency updates end up changing things for people. Mm, that's amazing. You said like a million things that I've like I'm thinking of my my mentees and my coaching clients right now who are laughing because <laughs> you said a few things that I am literally saying to my mentees and, and students right now. But also something that spirit is working on with me very much is lightening up. You know, like you said, keeping the heart as light as a feather. Yeah. And that means two things to me. It's like a, it's a double entendre to lighten up, like even using humor or realizing how ridiculous it is that we're holding on so tightly to some feeling or thought or, or negative expectation. If you can, for me, if I can add some humor or just levity to it, then that makes it, oh, okay, it's not as big a deal. But also, obviously, like lighten up, like let the light of spirit, let the light of God inhabit your your being and handle it that way. And yeah. so I've, I'm journaling in the morning, obviously meditating a journal. And I'll just, I'm right now I'm just talking to spirit and I'm saying, this is what this is what I want to lighten up on today because I'm feeling emotional conflict or pressure or shame or guilt or something, whatever I'm choosing to pull into me. Help me to lighten up about this. And even just writing that makes me go, <laughs> I'm dumb, <laughs> you know, in a loving way. What a dumb, dumb. <laughs> I think that's a, it's not even happening. You made that up. Why did you want to make that up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. In my human design, uh, my genetic trauma is shame. And it's in like this app that I use. And it says like the antidote for it is humor. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't that awesome? Because you're talking about polarity. Shame is just like so visceral, right? It's so, it's so personal. It's so raw. It's so vulnerable. And yeah. humor is almost the opposite. It, it's so light. 
<laughs> I I say it all the time about my own work. Like my guides call me the queen of the cosmos and I always laugh and I'm like, oh, and I'm also a court jester. Like I literally, ta- I, so I <laughs> these are my tap shoes, which I'm oh. doing a very poor job of showing you. Oh no, <laughs> I have, I'm a, I do clogging, which is a kind of tap. Do you know yeah. what clogging is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a clogger. Yeah. 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 And you know, and it's so funny because like I was told about 20 years ago in meditation that I needed to buy tap shoes and start working them into my routine. I did it a couple of months ago. You know, sometimes that we have to get the, you, the, the messages for sometimes decades. Um, yes, yes. But I definitely feel like I often describe my own work as like a very hard message. Like the things <laughs> that I have to tell people are not always easy, but I... I do it. And then like, I often am like, like, I like end it with just like slapstick comedy and a joke and just like try to really what you to your point, like, right, shame is so deep. It's so woven into so many of our histories. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was born in New England. There is a lot of shame, like literally running through. In the soil. It's like like, been there for a long time. In the soil. It's like part of the experience of being there. And on my mom's side of the family, they were all Irish. Also a ton of shame. There's just so much shame. And in the fall, this past fall, I did um, a workshop with people that was about how to allow, what did I call it? It was called like, allow your guides to work for you. And the first day of this, um, of this three-day workshop that I did was all about clearing shame and guilt. And my guides were like, it's because it is, it's just, it's really, it, it, it creates this. I understand it from an intellectual perspective, why we all have it in a lot of ways and why some of us are more affected by it. But there is this way where when we can get to the point where we realize that some of it is ours and some of it is also just ancestral, right? We Mm -hmm. inherit things from an epigenetic perspective. And so it like runs through to your point, like it's, it was in the soil, in the place that I grew up. And so on top of the fact that, you know, it was compounded by like my own ancestral experience and all of that. And when we are able to just start to like realize that a lot of that stuff is just coming from the external, it's not the truth of who we are, that we are in fact these like beautiful dynamic beings that come from source and to remember that and start to acknowledge that magic is really powerful and it's real and that when we can move into that frequency anything is possible Mm. they just gave me this image of when we are moving it speaks to how in when you started your business in 2020 and you by all outward accounts didn't seem or feel or you know objectively think that was the right time or you weren't ready they showed me that we do all this work and healing on ourselves and then it's like we just it's almost like they they help us they deliver us over the threshold just get over the threshold of this one thing but we still have old thought patterns old feeling patterns and we get to work it out in relationship in the manifestation that we have created and it, and so that's where you were. They were like, you're like, I'm not healed. And they're like, sure you are. Yeah, keep, keep going. <laughs> you're healed enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you keep walking, then you'll yeah. see that you're healed, you know. Yeah. And I realized that like when, when I met my husband and I'm just, I still look back on it. I'm like, I am 
astounded that I was ready for a relationship that, that, that was that healthy, that this person could actually connect with me. Not that he's perfect or anything, but, you know, definitely I was, I just was carrying such a signal of violence and horror. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have even, we wouldn't have been attracted to each other at some other time. And I didn't think I was healed enough, but it was like, it was just delivered over the threshold. It's like, now you two continue healing one another forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, isn't, yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, I wanted to I, tell me what isn't it, but I wanted to get into your work too, specifically. Yeah. What were you going to say? Isn't it what? <laughs> I was just going to say, isn't it just so remarkable to realize that you had lightened your own load in a way that you were able to really like meet someone who was going to be able to hold you in new ways. And, and in order to get to that point, I'm sure, you know, you went through so many personal shifts and everything. And, and just that level, like I am always shown over and over and over again. And I'm laughing because I am seeing this meme that I, um, that was, hot a couple of months ago. And um, just this idea that like people imagine that the spiritual journey is going to be this like beautiful experience of light and love and bubbles and magic. And it is right. But it's also really brutal in a lot of ways and just requires so much of us. But if we can, if we can meet it and we can say, all right, I know I'm being guided. This is a trust fall right? This is a trust fall. Mm -hmm. Then we get to be clear enough, as it were, to be able to, in your case, like call in someone who was so different than anything that you had ever known before and really met you in this place. And you're like, wow, I really have shifted and grown and changed because this man standing in front of me is not someone who you necessarily would have would have ever like drawn in prior to that when you were still carrying that load. So yeah, again, that idea of lightening up, it's just, it changes everything. Yes. And, you know, it's all happening for us. It's not happening to us. And that's a, it's a big shift. A and that, can, that that's a big light that lightens up the density of it a lot. Yeah. It comes down to the if you if we want to have, I know the word faith is hard to tolerate because church went and fucked with it, but you know what I mean. Faith is just that unconditional positive expectation. If if yeah. you, it really comes down to the the you know something as simple as is it possible for us to choose to expect uh, choose to expect that there is a loving universe and that there is a good that is coming from this or god or whatever you know that there is a create i mean if a person is if i can possibly hold in my mind the concept of being a loving parent and i'm not even a parent of humans if i can hold that concept of being a loving devoted parent well that i didn't create that something greater than me in the universe created that so if that is even possible in the universe, well, then it must be the universe, right? <laughs> That's what if, if what we're choosing to hold as a fundamental expectation of the universe or of yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does, it changes everything. It changes everything because when you can shift out of that idea that things are sort of working against you and you can lean into that faith, that trust fall. And I, to, you know, my family, had a lot of religious programming, again, the, the shame, all of that, that comes from these external perspectives. And isn't it interesting? This is something I think about all the time. Um, 
But it's, it's really wild to me to think about how we're going through this incredible shift from a both collective and individual perspective. And I think one of the big things, religion can have such a beautiful effect for people. I, sure. I you know, yeah. I would never dismiss that. But mm-hmm. there are these other ways, right, where especially with something like Christianity, in my own experience, I was raised around a lot of Catholicism. And there's this one way where the system tells us that magic isn't real. And then literally the system uses magic to their own advantage, right? You go into the average church and they're using incense. They're, you know, speaking incantations in the form of prayers. They're using these like rituals and ceremonies to be able to create magic for themselves. And if you even look at like the history of our own country here in the U.S., um, Ronald Reagan is one of my favorite examples. Like whatever you think about, (laughs) whatever anyone thinks about him as a person, he had famously, he had an astrologer on staff who he consulted. So businesses, governments, churches all use these frequencies of magic to benefit themselves. And then they tell everyone else, right? like that, that these things are not possible. And it really is for all of us, this thing of saying, okay, what I'm going to really start to lean into is the fact that I am in fact, the greatest authority in my own life. Mm-hmm. And not to dismiss, like we need elders, we need mentors, we need people to help show us the way. But at the end of the day, like when I work with people, I often have clients tell me they've never felt so seen before. And what's funny is I often end up telling them things that they already know about themselves, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of it is like sort of secret stuff that maybe they've never like admitted to the world or, you know, haven't necessarily felt comfortable leaning into, but the impact is so wild. Like I have one client who started doing one-on-one with me a few um, last month and she is, she came to me really successful. She has a seven figure business. She's not someone that from an external lens, you would necessarily imagine would be using her spiritual gifts to really up level and move forward. She has an advanced degree um, and something that's like very, you know, 3D and practical and the kind of thing that, you know, people view with a lot of, um, with a lot of reverence. And, but she is this wild spiritual powerhouse, which is why she found me. And since we started working with each other, um, we had a, we had a session last week and she told me that her retention rate for new clients is at 100% now. She already, she was already doing super well for herself, but she knew that there was more. She wants to build a legacy, right? She has this vision. She has a really successful company, but she wants to start creating more. She wants to start doing more from like a charitable perspective and really like shifting the way that she moves through the world. And I just, I feel like that my guides say it all the time that our spiritual gifts right now are literally the greatest currency that we can cultivate. And it's just remarkable to see when people take that leap of faith, when they take that trust fall, when they start to move outside of what we are told is, you know, appropriate or acceptable or what have you, and really do the things that like don't make sense and are wacky, right? Like I talk to fairies, I talk to animals, I like, I do these things that are not necessarily the kinds of things that you would imagine a business coach would be doing. But at the end of the day, I feel like we really need to start doing what works. And you know, just like I do, this works. It works. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's hard to explain it. 
in a lot of ways, but the impact of it is just immediately and it's immediate and miraculous. Mm, yes, I love that. Yes, uh, I've learned more. F- I sometimes say I've learned more from animals than any of the humans. <laughs> I mean, they're just so, you know, there's, so, oh, and, and also the fairy and nature realm because they can be just so blunt. Animals can be very blunt too, in a way that cracks me up. Talk about humor. I was having at a session. Uh, <laughs> recently with a cat and um and i was talking to the cat and i was like uh, she like she the the family had uh like just combined and there was like a couple of new cats and that you know but they stayed on the other side of the house and so and this cat i was talking to was like you know i can just i know they're here and i was like well probably you give a little give it a little time you'll get accustomed to their scent and she's like oh no i've gotten accustomed to their scent and they stay in their own room and by the way hadn't talked to her human yet to you know validate that not until after and she's like no they're staying in their room and it's just that i know they're here and i'm like okay well <laughs> i'm like are, you know so are you afraid of them no just they're here yeah <laughs> and you want to go in that room no i don't really care about that room <laughs> and so i'm like well can you just give it some time and then you know perhaps it'll just become regular and you won't even think about it anymore and she was like i'll consider it <laughs> Just like what I wrote down. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like, given her, given her, like the scenario with my, you know, not just in language, like we're talking about it. This is, as you know, I'm just saying for others, translating it to how humans would talk. It's like giving her this package of information that is like, what if the home were like this, and you just kind of like went about your business and cho- chose not to be concerned about it and chose not to dislike it anymore? And she's like, Yeah, I'll consider it. <laughs> Can't make any promises. <laughs> I have two cats. Talk about lightening up, right? Oh my god! I I have two cats who are going to be eleven next year. Oh, that's how they are. I adopted them when they were babies. They're from the same litter. They are Uh so. They are. They would. They would say something similar. Yeah. Um, And. And, and it's, it's really, I love, yeah, I love how blunt animals are. And one Mm -hmm. thing that I really like, I always, so for all of the sort of chaos of my childhood, I was always very lucky from a natural world perspective. Like the house that I grew up in was on a dirt road. It was across the street from old growth forest. Of course, you know, that's like fairy, fairy central Mm -hmm. in a place like that. And, um, and I also, we, we didn't have it for all of my childhood because my family ended up sort of having a um, gray garden style cat catastrophic shift in their experience on the in the world but when i was younger we had a beach house and so i had both the ocean and i had these woods and wow. we and i was so lucky to be able to be held in that energy and it it did it really shifted things for me and they are they're hilarious animals are so blunt and the fairy world one thing i really love about the fairy world whenever i like channel their energy it always there's it's such a diverse mm, such very a good diverse group right <laughs> like like there are so many different like elements that fall mm-hmm. under that umbrella of the fairy beings they work with and for the earth they hold space for the animals and the plants and i feel like they provide such a deep level of wisdom for humans especially now because people get so caught up in all of this external stuff about like yes. who people are and what they and, and it's not that those things are not 
potentially important that they don't impact your life. But if you get really hung up on all of that external stuff, then you forget that at the at our core, we are we are just God. We are light. And I feel like the fairy world does this remarkable thing of just helping to hold that space where I always want humans to be able to like coexist with that kind of peace, right? With that sort of like, there are all, there are fairies and there are gnomes and there are all kinds of different like nature sprites. And like, they look really different. They behave differently. They move differently. And yet they move through their experience with this level of just like unity and beauty and acceptance. And I feel like they have so much wisdom for all of us right now as we're waking up and remembering that we too came here to be stewards of the earth. There's so much wisdom and their ability to hold space for just a really wide range of experience. Oh yes, it's so true. And I'll talk about blunt some, especially the the ones that the ones that are more in the fae realm, like the devas. You know, like gnomes often will just be such like trees. You know what I mean? They have like that grave presence and love, and almost like it's just a frequency that's really powerful. And it's like, sure, go ahead and think thoughts while you're in this frequency. I'm not saying that <laughs> they're not saying it. It's you saying things about being in that frequency. That's how I would describe sometimes those higher level not in a hierarchical sense, but yeah, you know, and, and, uh, but the ones that are like in the dirt and doing the nitty gritty and, you know, connecting with them too, it's like, you got to be ready to shift yeah. because they don't, well, first of all, you won't be able to connect with them because they are in the process of it tipping over to material reality. That's where they stand. Yeah. And, uh, but their energy can be quick and their energy can be maybe to us seem impatient because they don't under in some of the ways they don't really understand why we would choose to be you know holding this unconsciousness um what, what speaking of how diverse they are this one uh, that i was connecting with who by the way when i hear him it sounds like he's cursing and i asked him I was like wait are you cursing are you saying the f word and he's like will you say the f word why <laughs> Why wouldn't I use that in your brain? It like moves you sometimes. And I'm like, okay, true enough. Oh, fair enough. And, yeah, and I ask him like, well, what are you? And he's like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, why do you have to give me? You don't even, you can't even. Okay, fine. I'm like, are you an elf? And he's like, sure, sure. That's whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever works. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Isn't it, isn't it interesting too? Like I, so my, um, I never met him because he passed away before I was born, but my, as I, I mentioned that my mom's side of the family is all Irish and I had a, one of my great grandfathers was apparently a very serious man, not the kind of person who you, who according to family lore is like, he was not the kind of person that you would ever imagine would be like, I see fairies, but when I was a kid, one someone in my family told me that he had said that when he he was born in Ireland and mm -hmm. he had told them that he could see fairies when he lived in Ireland and that he could still see them when he moved here. And to think about that, to think about like, especially like a, a very stern man, you know, who had to really like pull himself up and move away from his homeland. That was the story of both of my great grandfathers, actually. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my, oh, you know, so many of us have that. But to think about the fact that like he knew in this way that magic was so real and and just to even have me hear that story and be able to like hold that in my heart and 
and just remember that, you know, there, there is this way that, um, that we inherit magic, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I just, I, I feel really blessed and so lucky to be able to communicate. And it is so funny to think about like the thing of them swearing, yeah. <laughs> being like, like, will you talk that way? Well, I'm talking to you. Hello. <laughs> no, I'm not really swearing. You are. <laughs> as, you, as you listen to me, you're swearing in your head. I just saw a fairy, by the way, while you're talking about that, just went doot, like right there. <sighs> <laughs> acknowledging hey she yeah. we, you guys are right yeah. i'm also my ancestry is uh celtic and uh, even further back norse but very celtic and and yes in ireland it's just common of course the we people as they they yeah. often call them yes absolutely yeah. it isn't it isn't um ungrounded it's grounded to yeah. know that and respect and cooperate with that realm yeah, yeah. absolutely and we will be right back. Hi friend, it's Trisha Carr with an invitation for you. If you are ready to accelerate your ascension and connect to the swift flow of your life mission, Mind Body Ascension Acceleration Coaching. All of my clinical training, my experience from teaching and providing countless sessions and classes, one-on-one, group coaching, healing, reading, teaching, channeling, as well as my calibration as a human design reflector, I'm offering all of this to you to step up your entire life, to accelerate your ascension walk. If you've had a single session with me, if you've had coaching, or if you've experienced transformation from any of my offerings, my classes, podcasts, videos, well, this is an accelerated and exponentially charged. This is what my soul has prepared for an eternity and up to now. And if you hear this call, then this is also co-created with your soul. Your life is meant to be joy first and a service as a close and integrated second. This coaching is especially tuned for high achievers who want to accelerate their progress on their life mission and create mind, body, well-being and higher attunement. Submit to work with me in this powerful container, this premium coaching. If you feel the call, you can do it. I guide, you take action. I hold the resonant projection field, channel your steps, and you take action. The first action step is to fill out an application, the link to which you will find in the description. Be prepared, be ready to upgrade your mind, body ascension, and your connection and flow with your spiritual mission. And now back to the show. I want to talk about like your tell us specifically about your work. I want to hear you're working one-on-one and you know, what are your, what are your sessions like? What is your work like in a, in a practical or in a, in a, a specific way, I guess I want to hear all about it. <laughs> my work, oh God, my work is so much fun. Um, I, I love it so much. So I do a couple different things. I have, um, I do one-on-one sessions with people. I still mm-hmm. am, a, I have a couple different ways that people can like jump into working with me, but my sessions are all very much guided by people's guides. So one thing about working with me is that I will, you know, I can channel 
whatever it is that needs to come through. And people's guides know that I hear them so clearly. So it's always, it's always really fun. Like no matter how deep we're going, you know, from a, like what people need to clear. But last week, for example, I had some really funny things happen. Um, I was on, I, I do these sessions called celestial soul retrievals, where I help people to essentially clear out a lot of their trauma and then reground them in their magic from all dimensions. And the, you know, the, the things that people have sent out to from times when it wasn't safe to fully embody their light, but you know, it's time now we are, it's, I don't want to use the word urgent necessarily, but there is a way where it is very urgent for us to remember who we are. And, um, it was so funny because before this session with this, um, with this client of mine, their guides were like, put this specific, very hot pink lipstick on. And I was like, Oh, I already have this other lipstick. I was like, come on, you guys are killing me. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm ready. I do. And they were like, just, you know, you need to do it. So put this other lipstick on this really like vibrant, hot pink lipstick. And they also had me change the outfit that I had had on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very muggy here on the day of, and I was like, I really would prefer not to put on leather leggings, but you're telling me I have to. So here we go. I shifted all of it get on the call. The client is wearing the identical shade to the lipstick that I've put on. Of course, the color is like hyper meaningful to her. She doesn't usually wear this garment, but she felt like she had to put it on. It had to do with what we were grounding her into. And she started talking about this, um, this program that she is crafting. The outfit that they told me to put on was like literally spot on to one of the words that's in the title of her new program. And I was like, here it all is. So working with me is this like very intriguing mix of like surreal, really funny. I had had a client a few days before that who I did um, an Akashic Records reading with. And I kept seeing all of these, like I kept, she, she's a student and she's studying math. She heard me on some podcasts and decided that she wanted to, to do an Akashic Records reading with me, a new client session with me. And I was being very clearly shown all of these like really elaborate number sequences and music. And so I asked her, you know, of course, math and music are very related from an energetic Mm. frequency perspective. So I asked her, I was like, do you play an instrument? Because I kept seeing her playing the harp. Mm. And I didn't say anything about the harp. I just was like, do you play an instrument? And she told me she had started, you know, she had played an instrument from the time she was a child, but she didn't really resonate with that anymore. And I, and so I was like, well, I keep seeing an image of you playing the harp. So maybe you should think about, you know, just pick up the harp like a person does. Yeah, you know, probably <laughs> you know, got one in the closet. <laughs> that old, that old thing. And she looked at me and like her eyes got wide and she was like, I have been reading a book this week about angels and I kept getting a hit that I needed to start to play the harp. And here you are telling me that I need to play the harp. And I was like, well, I can see it clear as day. Um, and so I feel like that is the kind of thing, like that stuff happens all the time with me. And it's amazing to watch the shifts that people make when they start to really do this and, and really like just light themselves up to the spiritual as this way of really shifting who they are and what they're capable of. Like I have a client who also is just 
doing phenomenally well for herself. She's another person who has created a remarkable, she, she is a coach and she does a lot of different like energy things and all kinds of different stuff with people. We did a session last week within half an hour of us getting off the call, I had cleared something, a pattern I, I, that I've been helping her to um, transmute, but we did some work on it last week within half an hour of us, of me doing this work with her, she reached back out to me and she was like, someone just got in touch with me and signed up for my highest ticket offer. And that is the kind of like, like that stuff just happens so much, so frequently. And for me, I am, I am, I'm very woo, right? Obviously (laughs) you can tell this about me, but I also am very nerdy and cerebral. I like data. I really mm-hmm. like data. So mm-hmm. I feel like it took me it took me a little bit of time to be able to really like there was a way where I was it it wasn't comfortable for me to talk about my clients wins for a lot of the time that I was in business prior to even like a couple of months ago because even though I knew what was happening and I could see the shifts and I could see the impact I could see the way that people were really transforming in these miraculous ways that they were making more money that they were remembering these parts of themselves that they were starting to integrate spiritual work into everything that they did that they were calling in new love that they you know were recovering from illness that they were like expanding in these magical ways I really needed, I think, for my own human brain to have like a a lot of data. Mm. And I think at this point, something happened this summer where I was like, I can see it now. I can see it clear as day. I have enough of a, a history, as it were, at this point to be able to be like, wow, there is not a single person who I have worked with who has not had these remarkable immediate transitions, whether they did one session with me, whether they worked with me for a year and a half. I have people who've been with me from the very beginning and watching them has been amazing because like I have one client who was living on the East Coast and she just relocated to the West Coast a couple of months ago. We made, she had a list of all of the things that she wanted in the, um, in her new living situation, Trisha, down, I think it was like literally every bullet point that had been journaled and we really like worked on anchoring it in, she called it in. And it's just so amazing to see that, like that frequency essentially of magic, miracles, joy, beauty, love be used to facilitate people's dreams. Mm, Yes. Oh, I love that. And we're here to, I mean, the dreams are in us for a reason. Yeah. And you know what? And that's what. And the, the the cool part of the journey is that um, we have the dreams. We we kind of um, you know hold loosely to the details of them because once again the perspective. But still, we by holding on to them or or validating them in in any form that they are, it's just validating our true frequency and validating ourselves as creators. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And isn't it, and it's so cool too because. We're all creating all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, right. when I do it on purpose, why not do it with some like conscious awareness? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. Like, I remember because I learned how to meditate when I was 17. Oh, good. And then I learned a few years later, I learned this other kind of meditation and I learned how to do Reiki right after I graduated from college. So I've been on this metaphysical journey for such a long time, really like just going deep on all of this stuff. And, and this time, which I, 
know you and your listeners are undoubtedly very aware of. This time was destined. It was written into all of the prophecies, all of the great saints and sages and seers and religions around the world all said that this window of time was going to really start to change things for people. And this was going to be, whether you call it like the transition from 3D to 5D, the new earth, you know, the golden age, however you, whatever words you put to the human experience of what we're living through right now, this was always destined to be a time where we had these great collective and individual um, remembrances of really who we are. My business is called We Are Here to Remember. And when I was shown that that was what I needed to call it, my guides were like, this is you are literally helping people remember who they are. And like you said, the dreams we we have, we've most people know from the time they're little what it is that they really want to do. What it, you know, there's like this really silly scene. I think it's in Billy Madison. Um, I love silly comedy, but he, he goes into a boardroom and, you know, Adam Sandler is like trying to change people's perspective and get them to do something that's, that's, um, you know, sort of light and good as opposed to something that's purely a a profit driven thing. And he asks everyone what they wanted to do when they were little. He's Mm -hmm. like, is this who you wanted to be when you were a kid? Like really, what did you, who were you when you were a kid? And when I was a kid, I wanted to help people. I wanted to help animals. I loved art and I wanted to be a philanthropist. (laughs) Like what little (laughs) kid wants to, you know, and I still, that's still my dream. I want to have a really big impact. I want to help people remember who they are. I want to help this planet enormously to be able to move into, she, she will always be fine, right? She, the, the earth herself will always Mm -hmm. be okay, but it's about us remembering that we came here to live in concert with her and steward not just our own life but our communities and the more that I can help people to expand especially wealth consciousness so that people who are really really grounded in a sense of stewardship and love can start to acquire what I like to think of as like I always called it the economy of generosity but like consciously using our financial resources to shift things in a way where everything that we do basically reminds people creates a ripple effect like that to me is really like the power of my work and though that is yeah that's what I was literally born to do mm. and you know talking of the nature spirit realm, they are fantastic with money. I mean, I think money is so weird and kind of silly, a weird, funny game that we play, but they get abundance and they get uh, manifestation and they get fortune and luck. And so they can really help us tip things over in the the the, the area of, of money and monetary or just abundance in general. And they care about, they're here to steward the earth and take care of her and they will flow if we if we allow it we also have to be allowed we have to allow it we also have to be open to learn really quickly and to be um sort of agile because we we're stuck in a lot of things in our mind and but they will help they will help to flow abundance and money to us in a really quick way if they see that we have the same heart that they do and they, yeah. it's interesting because this has come through the last several months because some of, 
some of my students or clients will ask me, but also I did a workshop on it probably about four or five months ago. And you pointed out the earth is fine. Mother earth is, is actually, it's like when, when, if you have a disease and you're the, the question is always, is there enough health in the body to overcome the disease or is the disease going to overcome the body? She's got plenty of health. It's not that, so it's actually wrong. It's actually incorrect to say what we're doing to the planet because she will overcome the disease of humankind if necessary. It's about us. And it is critical. It's bad. It is bad what's happened. What it, but we are the ones who will get booted off. This the disease of the human race that is causing the the you know the pain on the uh, of the Earth's body. She's just going to overcome it, yeah. and so that's that's what's critical. Besides some other things that are shifting, but you know we do tend to as a collective things tick over. It seems for those who are in the way shower position. Um, you know, it seems kind of like a painful and long journey that it's never going to happen, but it does click at one point if it means our survival. So I think the technologies, the tools that are harming us will, will, will break and the technologies and tools that can help us are going to pop into, um, utilization by, well, at least enough over, over the 51% mark. What do you, what do you think about that? All of that stuff that you seem to be on the same (laughs) thread. Yeah. 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 I like, I really agree with you. And it's like, I remember a few years ago within a couple of weeks, I think this was in 2020, I heard a bunch of different people asking, um, asking about like during I was on some group calls and people voicing concern as it were for especially Mm -hmm. the animals what was going to happen as we ascend quote unquote what was going to happen to the animals and I remember like not that I wanted to dismiss it but I was like animals are are great they remember they're they're cool and they're good I mean I have always seen that we are that we're that we're really we're doing this I feel like we're ahead of schedule in a lot of ways it may not feel like it but I also feel like time you know time does not my guides always show me that time moves in a circle Mm -hmm. it's not linear so that also feeds into this sort of narrative if you can start to think of time as circular it helps us I think to reframe things and remember that everything really does happen within for us and that things don't need to be linear they don't need to be Mm -hmm. logical and that we really don't we don't yeah we don't need to worry about her she is okay she wants us right Mm -hmm. she she loves us we she is our true mother as I always say to my clients whenever I go into meditation like I can always feel like when I guide people through their own like healings and journeys it's amazing to me like the earth gets really especially when people who are her stewards are sitting with me in sessions like she will literally be like clapping and cheering for people like she you she wants us to wake up and remember and also she has her own destiny and Mm -hmm. we are we are the ones who need to remember this like she never forgot the plants never forgot the animals never forgot they are all if you I have two cats, as I mentioned. I have had countless experiences over the course of my life, like with lots of wild, wild, like talking to animals and having these things happen. And they do, they really, they know what's up and they're good. It's about us remembering who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's not to, of course, I know you don't mean this. I just want to make sure we mention in case anyone is 
misunderstanding that this is not to say that we shouldn't be rethinking our relationship and the pain that we're causing on animals oh and industrialization of animals no. and, and all of that. It, it's that in, on a soul level. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the, what they are suffering because of us, they are doing also for us to help yeah. to wake us up. Yeah. And yeah. because of their remembrance, they know that this is this life is but a day in yeah. the soul's journey. And that, again, is not a bypass. No. Every single moment should be honored and prized. And um, but they can they understand they can make it through something even better yeah. than we do. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Soul level, and, they're fine. And we do. Yeah. And I think you're to your point, like it's not in any way to dismiss the impact no. that we have had because we have we have gummed it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. have, yeah. to say we have gummed it up is like the understatement of mm -hmm. a century. But I have always felt like, you know, there's this, I think we've already reached it in a lot of ways, but there's this, there's a tipping point. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I don't, have you ever heard of the hundredth monkey theory? Yes, exactly. So yeah. I was thinking about a second ago. I of was course, thinking about the tipping we're, point. We're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember one of my, one of my mentors years ago used to talk about the hundredth monkey theory. And he was always like, we could literally wake up tomorrow and yeah. everything on this planet could be completely different. And it will literally be about humans having a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. because yeah. I feel like we've already like we've already met that tipping point from a spiritual perspective it's about really anchoring it into 3d and we do we need to we need to be really open to things there are all kinds of cool like free energy and just there are ways that we need to shift things as a planet so we move out of this energy of like survival and chaos and it just feeds into so much of the ugliness that we see in all of the systems around us i refer to it as like a, a phoenixing right a phoenixing of society but like all of it's got to shift education politics mm -hmm. the way that we relate to the environment the way that we relate to money like all of it has to really change and it's both very complicated and it's also really easy mm. I didn't want to make too light of it, but a bunch of old white guys got to get out of the way, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm married to a white guy, so I love white guys as much as I love any, but you know. <laughs> no, we, we, it's like all of that, all of that like energy of just the, the way that we viewed the world for a really long time. It's, mm -hmm. it's newness there's yes. there's a mm -hmm. lot of we have a we have a lot of room to grow right that's that's the positive way of so yeah. the positive spin on it um but um but yeah we do we need to just be like you know what like that served its purpose mhm mm yeah absolutely and it's time for all of us to do something way better oh, that's really good so i want to as we wrap up here because we haven't touched on light language, because you channel light language. Why don't you in, in, share with folks in case they're like, what the heck is light language? Uh, from your perspective, what it is. And then if you want to share how you use it and how it can help us. Yeah. Um, so light language, when I had my, I think it was my first or it was one of my Reiki attunements. And I remember being shown that during the fall of Babel, 
mm-hmm. that we had lost the capacity to communicate with our hearts. And mm. I have this beautiful um, piece of art behind me here. It's a needle point and an embroidery. There's beads on it. And basically what I always perceive and imagine, like light language to me is the communication from our hearts. It's being mm-hmm. able to see with our hearts. It's being able, it, it comes from source and it, human language is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love poetry. I love words. I love writing. But there are a lot of limitations to it. And light language moves outside of space and time. It's super interesting to me because, like, I facilitated a live sound and energy healing a couple of um, months ago at a retreat. And one of the people, a bunch of people mentioned this to me, but one of them in particular was like, it was so surreal because when you were channeling light language, I was responding to you like in my heart and live time. Mm. I knew what you were saying. I knew the impact that it had for me. And it is just amazing because I think one of the things my guides always tell me about light language is that it's one of the fastest healing modalities that we have because it does move so quickly and it does move outside of time. And, um, and I, I just, I've seen it work literal miracles. Like I have a client who has struggled off and on with nerve pain herself. And a couple of months ago, she reached out to me and she was like, my guides told me to just ask you what I should do because I, I'm having a bad flare up. And I knew immediately she needed to listen to this light language that I had channeled, which was to really help clear ancestral trauma. I was like, listen to this. This is going to help. The next morning, it had gone away. Mm. And so, and I, when I was a little kid, like I, I would speak it to animals and plants and I like, all my voice drops as I'm saying this, where I'm like, Ooh, it was like this weird secret. I always thought of it. I called it. I actually named it like a Muppet language <laughs> in my own brain. I was like, I didn't talk about it publicly until 2021. And then once I sort of got over the weirdness of it. I was like, I know that this has enormously helped me. It has enormously helped clients of mine. And to just see the way that it helps to shift things for people. And I know we, you know, you and I could talk forever. Um, (laughs) If you would be okay with it, I would love to just like channel a little bit for the audience. Um, Yes. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, should we set an intention, those who are listening about, okay, great. I'm sorry, I'll let you lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, let's, um, so if you were listening to this, um, then just, if you can, if you're, if you're not driving or, you know, needing to be hyper present, then close your eyes and just allow this to really anchor you into, um, the frequency of expansion. My guides are saying this is about setting an intention to really expand into the truth of who you are and to use the gifts that you were born with to really create something new and vibrant and beautiful for the earth. So let that really anchor in. Ashtangbala, Langabala, Ralangabai, a monk of Stangabala, Langabashtakola, 
Take a deep breath in and on the exhale, just let your stress and your worry fall away. Any shame, any grief, any guilt, just let them fall deep into the earth so she can turn them into the building blocks of life and into all of the space that you've made, truly anchoring into the frequency of health and wealth and love. It is so, it is so, it is so. Thank you all so much. Amen. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for just this, this space that you have created. I'm getting like emotional thinking about, I, as part of what I, I often get very emotional when I really tap into people's gifts and the space that they hold, but your audience and the way that you have changed so many people's lives and, and you really inspire that in people, that health and wealth and just like true beauty and love and remembering the essence of who we are. And when we can remember that completely, it does, it changes not just us, but it changes the entire planet and it creates these really beautiful ripples, right? Through our own genetic line, through our communities, through our countries, and through all life everywhere. Because you and I didn't even get to touch on this, but I I I always see that the things that happen here on Earth right now have a really big effect on life beyond just this planet. Mm -hmm. Mm. thank you so much for all of that for your kind generous loving words to me and a yes to those who listen to this podcast or watch the videos or and not just this one but any others when we're feeding and serving ourselves then we're feeding and serving the world we really are on our our beautiful beautiful world thank you so much andrea this has been Oh, my heart is just singing and my body feels well and my spirit feels lightened. Thank goodness. Maybe we should get together and tap dance. You'll have to tap. I'll have to clog. My slip country version. <laughs> I love it. This is so amazing. Is there anything else you want to share with people, how they can work with you or any, any offers or any anything that you're offering right now? Yeah. So I have, um, I put together a little something special for anyone listening to this. Um, if you go, if you go to my website, which is a mouthful, (laughs) but it's, we are here to remember.com. And if you just go to forward slash charmed life, then I put together like a special discount for anyone, um, listening and yeah, I have all kinds of different ways of working with me. Um, and if, if, I really encourage everyone also to sign up for my freebie. If you go to my website, you can also do that. And it is a light language channel, which is to activate the frequency of magic and miracles and joy in your life and just help us to, as you said at the beginning, lighten up, just really lighten your load. Um, and I I can't wait to see who ends up finding me as a result of this because I um it's it's always so amazing to hear that people really like listen to my story and resonate and then to see the miracles that unfold in their own life. Hmm. Wow, everyone. Uh, run, do not walk <laughs> <laughs> to work with Andrea and, and to download that freebie. And all of your of her information is in the show notes. And it has been just such a tremendous 
honor and blessing to connect with you. And I would love to have you back Everything sometime, happens. anytime. So I'm, you know, that invitation is open to you. So thank, thank you. you so much, everyone. Andrea Donnelly. Am I right? Do you feel as uplifted and hopeful as I do? I really genuinely know that we are ticking over to that, to the new paradigm in which we are cooperating and being better stewards of one another, of animals, of nature, of Mother Gaia. And I was so happy to hear that Andrea is getting the same messages. And what do we do in the meantime? We keep pursuing the depths of our own truth, our own soul energy. That means the things that feel right for you, that excite you, your dreams, your soul urges. And then yes, also being examples of being stewards of one another and of the earth. Now, in case you did notice, I asked her at the beginning of the episode if she has gate 19 in her human design chart defined because I, I was picking up on the way that she connects with the different realms. And I was just picking up on that basically as that is as a, something that's running in her energy. And after we got off, we did confirm that she does have gate 19. <laughs> it's just so cool. Human design is so amazing. If you haven't gotten into it, I've been talking about it a lot because this technology is exploding into our awareness in, in not I, I mean definitely in our spiritual community and our spiritual awareness those who are spiritual seekers and pursuing their soul purpose and life purpose and then that's going to expand out even more into the rest of the world and you know there's there's a whole reason there's a lot of reasons for it but we are getting proximate to a shift in our background frequency uh, it's a cosmological event that is happening 2027 so that's part of the reason part of the, um, I guess, observation or perspective of how this is happening. But it's kind of amazing. It's not just like, oh, you're, I'm so intuitive and so I picked up on gate 19. It's really because it's just, a, it's not a belief system. Human design is not a belief system. It's just an experiment. It's just like a wisdom about our operating system. And so like if a computer expert opened up a computer, you know, and saw the program running and said, oh, you have this app running. Oh, you have this operating system running. That's what I, I know gate 19 because of, I have it, but also I see it in other people. It's just really amazing. So anyway, anyway, back to Andrea. I do hope, oh my gosh, she has a free gift for us. Light language attunement. Oh, run, do not walk, as I said already, <laughs> to Andrea's information. I think you may hear her on this podcast again. She's such a light and what a heart and what a journey, what a hero's journey. So I hope you enjoyed this. Do check the show notes for all of the offers that were made in this podcast and share this episode if you want to share some hope with someone else. And thank you so much for shining your light on our beautiful world. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.